0: I'm uh, Rob Vanstone, I believe, and uh, this is the 47th edition of the Rider Rumbling video podcast. I keep track by remembering Rough Rider uniform numbers of yesteryear primarily. So, number 47, Maurice Lloyd. I'm like, oh, Kelly, Trithor- Kelly Trithart, I think, wore number 47. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so did Mel Blunt. Some Steeler content for you, Murray. some Mark. nice
1: video of Mel Blunt laying out some guys on YouTube the last couple weeks. Mel
0: Blunt was an amazing, amazing player. Speaking of amazing, amazing, Murray McCormick is heroically back with us. Um, Murray's had his, what I believe to be his 19th hip replacement <laughs> surgery. <laughs> and, uh, close. He feels that way. So 47, 47 uh, podcasts and nearly as many hip replacement surgeries, but he's yep. back with us. I'm and. Back. Uh, we're very pleased to, seems rather nice well, to see you,
1: It seems well time to make a comeback on Easter weekend, but I think some other guy made a bigger play coming back on Easter than I have.
0: That's true. Yes. yes. But, uh, it was so engrossing that I even watched
1: golf. Well, I know. So. That was a big one. That was huge. I, that was, I know it's over a week old. Getting up at 6.30 to set up to watch a whole morning of golf, and it was absolutely riveting entertainment, and to see Tiger win is... I've always said Tiger's better. Golf is better when Tiger wins and Tiger plays, and it really... We confirm that again.
0: You know, for a long time, I was kind of saying, "Who cares about Tiger's comeback? Big deal, whoopee." But then I saw on Twitter that he was tied for the lead, and I thought, "Oh, I got to watch this." And I put the TV on, and I watched for the remainder of the, yeah. of the, of the Masters. And I don't even, I can't stand golf, but there's something, <laughs> there's, there's something about Tiger Woods that commands you to watch. I don't know, I don't know what it is.
1: And, and you know, when I was watching that, I knew he was, you knew he was going to win, kind of. I kind of, instead of. I felt last...
0: sorry for the rest of the field once yeah. he got in that like, group of six.
1: Like I felt when he got rolling that he was going to win and he was gonna, The other team's guys are going to fall back and they did. And well, the 12th
0: hole claimed some 12th, victims yeah, and uh, yeah. 18th, uh, Kepka had a chance to putt and force force Tiger to par on 18 and Kepka blew a putt yep. that he, he's going to make 99 times yep. out of 100. But Tiger. Didn't and I thought that's people. what Tiger does to people.
1: And I remember watching him in the early rounds, he used to think, I always wanted to putt like Tiger Woods, and the way he putted in the first couple of rounds, we had a lot in common, and then he fired it up and started making bombs. Well, and...
0: he's had, you've had about the cops about the same amount of surgeries. That's <laughs> true, yeah. Has <laughs> he, he got, had hips done? I don't think he's had hips done. No, he's probably going to have one knee.
1: He's a pretty big guy. So. You anyway, know, that's not football, but it was a uh, a good four weeks to watch sports, or five weeks, from, from golf to curling to NCAA March Madness to playoff hockey now, and. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk. Tonight's a big night for sports, isn't it? Raptors game,
0: the Nuggets game, Nuggets in San Antonio, okay, game Max. five.
1: I think there's a lot of people watching that one.
0: Jamal Murray, okay, in I, Ontario, I couldn't
1: even name anybody on the Nuggets. Anyway, two hockey games, the two Joker, game, two, game seven. <laughs> two game sevens, two game sevens in Harris. the NHL, and then they're going to be a couple. Of, and the um, NHL, did, I know this is not football, but the NHL did it to me again. I was kind of saying, I'm not going to get into the first round, because it's, you know, it's such a long, long series that you can of think, ah, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> Except for Tampa Bay. And then, boom, yeah, then Tampa Bay loses out, Calgary loses out, and you just, every series and every game becomes more intense and more important. And it's just amazing entertainment. And I know you've been slamming the NHL for some form. It's, it's compelling, but the game's not played the, very well. No, the game's not played well, but some of the beauty, they've shown some goals today that have been scored, like last night, a couple of... That goal by I can't remember the Boston Bruins guy who dove to just put the puck in the net was it? I can't. Sorry, I've watched so much sports, but it's just been compelling entertainment, the but preaching. not very entertaining. Not very entertaining. And I remember last night my eyes almost bugged out. I forgot how tall Ben Bishop is as a goalie, like yeah. six seven. Like he stands up, the net only comes up to the top of his shoulder blades. So was,
0: when Ken Dryden used to be the tall goalie, yeah. and he was six foot four, yeah. and and you'd have little five foot eight goalies named Gump. Yeah. <laughs> now you now you don't have them anymore. Be They're six gone. Two. Yeah. If you're if you're six two, you're a short goalie. Yeah. You know, you look at the amazing little goalies. So they get, for example, I was watching on Sportsnet the other night. They had a thirty year tribute to the Calgary Flames winning the Stanley Cup, <laughs> and uh, they showed Mike Vernon. Oh, he'd be he'd Mike be. Vernon was like five nine. Mike Vernon wouldn't even get a shot now. I know that's crazy. You, go, you rewind further, Ed Stanowski was five foot nine. He um, looks
1: taller now though. Uh,
0: Maybe. Some of, some of us shrink. Yeah, and, <laughs> over time.
1: You know, we go to the Raptors, and I haven't watched any Raptors till the playoffs because I'm not a basketball fan. But Kawhi Leonard is good. Yeah, I have to. I hate to say that, kind of making a big sort of announcement. I'm the captain, obviously, but he is really good. Like he's a difference maker on that team. Like now you can watch the Raptors, and you think they can win a championship before they they might win one. But I think. They're in the running with Kawhi Leonard playing the way he is. He's just amazing. Well, you
0: look at it, and and Demar Derozan. Uh, he's had his moments in the Denver series, but he's also though his number one moment was throwing the ball in the direction of an <laughs> official, getting fined twenty five grand. You look at the perennial playoff failures of Demar Derozan in Toronto, yeah. and now now you look at what Kawhi Leonard is doing to take over, and it's that at least to date validates that trade.
1: Yeah, oh, hugely, and he, he does. He turns spectacular plays. Into better plays, like you block at one end, runs down, gets the dunk, plays all sorts of defense and offense, makes the three-pointers like they're easy. Just an amazing player. And I said, I'm late to this party, but it's making me watch NBA basketball because I want to see what he does on the court. I
0: right. hate to break it to you, Murr, but we had the party and you weren't invited. Oh, Little J.R. Foley there from Stampede oh, Wrestling. Oh, okay, thanks. Sorry.
1: <laughs> Football. Football. Yeah, it was...
0: The the preamble tells you how dry it's been football-wise lately.
1: Yeah, it really has been. And I know, I I just kind of hate it, but talks about CBA really don't get me excited. I realize it's part of the game right now. It's part of the off-season focus, but we kind of know what's going to The talks don't get
0: the CFL excited either. No,
1: and it's, you know, I kind of, you look at what the CFL is doing. The CFL, I'm talking about the owners and Randy Ambrosi, Complete blackout on their side. And maybe that's right. The Players Association realize now they can make noise by putting their story out. So all we're getting is their side. And I kind of wonder if we're only getting this sort of blown out of proportion, everything by the players. And if maybe there's in the middle of the world, there's some sound decisions being made in the background. We don't know. We just know what's happening with the players. They're always so
0: happy to talk when they're doing the 2.0 and the, and the, the Randy's road trip. But then when people have serious legitimate questions that aren't just some of the fluff that emanates from the 2.0, from the, uh, from the road trips, there's a there's silence. They're so selective in when they're be really. Want, what ex- this is a league that talks about being accessible and transparent, and then something like this happens, and you can't even answer a fundamental question like, why did you postpone negotiations? Yeah. Don't don't we don't even have to ask about the mechanics of the negotiations. The players' association isn't. They've talked in generalities, but that's the extent to which they've yeah. commented on what they're looking for, and 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 nobody's really asking the CFL for a daily temperature check on the negotiations, but at least. When there's information out there that doesn't make you look good as a league, at least try to counter it. At least put out an explanation. At least at least send a state mm-hmm. issue a statement or do something to counter it to get your side out there. If 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 your image if your brand is taking a bit of a beating here, I think it's incumbent upon the the people at the highest level to try and defend the brand. And it sh- wouldn't be that hard to do, especially in a. In a nine-team league, where you keep talking about how accessible people are, well, make them accessible. At what do you want like them
1: this? to say, though, Rob? What would you why? like the CFL to say if he had, had an opportunity? Where's the lack
0: of urgency? Why the lack of urgency in negotiations? Why did you postpone those bargaining sessions? What's the reasoning behind this? And what's going on with Montreal? Does that factor into That's that?
1: A, the Montreal. I, I and I kind of think, and it's not because I don't know any more than. And where did else? this?
0: Where did this ridiculous um, uh, territorial draft come from?
1: Oh. I read that and actually thought I was a little high. I was, not, sorry, shouldn't say that. I was still recovering <laughs> from painkillers. And I read that and went.
0: Legalized painkillers. Yeah,
1: killers. legalized painkillers. They're all legalized now, aren't they? Kind of. <clears throat> but, and I read that and went, what? Two teens? Like, we the territorial exemption, when I was growing up, for a lot of us, football was a dream. But for us, for a guy growing up in somebody, my only dream of getting to the CFL was it being a territorial exemption. And I'm not saying I had any abilities, but that was an option back then. A good friend of mine, Kari Ilarenko, as we've mentioned.
0: Who played for Donald Trump in the United right, States Football League. was
1: a territorial exemption back then, I think. So these, that was a dream for guys to get to the CFL. And it was kind of a cool dream because we could all say, we're not going to get drafted because we don't do that kind of stuff. But maybe a territorial exemption. And then they come up with two teams who haven't earned your territorial exemptions in my mind
0: they've done, well. they've done it by being lousy yes, yes. Uh, they have the highest waiver priority so toronto montreal get the territorial and why exemption too? why just have a territorial round
1: yeah so well, okay, isn't okay the we interrupt the territorial round i guess
0: well yeah, there's no you don't have any automatic rights to a yeah. to a player but suppose that uh After the two rounds of the regular draft, you give everybody a territorial pick, and okay, maybe...
1: Was anybody clamoring for territorial picks so? They made it
0: sound in the media release like there was this groundswell of support, and I heard so many things coming out of these road trip sessions, and there really didn't seem to be a a, a demand or an insatiable appetite for this thing. And they they kind of put the release out on a busy day toward the end of the afternoon when nobody would see it. Yep. Um, Pretty smooth move. You know, like... Why bother? Do you I think, don't get that one at all. What but think, there's no, nobody's explaining why they're doing it. Of so course. So, what do you think,
1: Randy Ambrosi's reputation is going to come out of this? How by the, see, there's going to be a contract. Sign. They'll be
0: fine because the legal <clears> win. Yeah, it's the legal. Isn't wins.
1: Randy? He's just the pinnacle of the board of governors. He does what the board of governors and I, and I somehow think, in a little bit of defense of Randy, he does what the board of governors tells him to do. He he provides direction. He's but he's really just the board of governor's voice and that stuff. So putting all the reasons why things aren't going... Because there's a negotiations committee. The negotiations committee obviously decided to put the hold on the negotiations. It wasn't Randy's idea. I would think it'd be the guys on the committee decided we're going to wait, and we don't know why. So all the blame isn't necessarily going on. It's kind of blaming, no, but regret, but blaming the head official for everything. It's every his call. job, but
0: he's paid very well very, to explain and these he's,
1: things. Yes, and he should be...
0: And to be be available and to be accountable.
1: I, I just don't think in... And he generally
0: is. He's generally you know, very good, but they've they picked this time to completely uh, yeah. impose or activate the cone of silence. So it's what's, strange.
1: If you, we have a gut feeling that we have those, but I think camps are going to open on time. I just sense that they're going to somehow something's going to work out and we're going to get camps to open on May 19th.
0: I think and, the players are handling it smartly. Yeah. Suddenly you've got Bo Levi Mitchell and Mike Riley saying they're not going to report to camp. And there's a little bit of uh, brinksmanship here. Yeah. Uh, so if there is that threat, maybe that compels the league to, to be a little more uh, proactive in terms of doing something. Yeah. Um, I could see it, if they don't get an agreement by, by May 19th, I could see this carrying on at least until the first preseason game. Yeah. Suddenly, That's if, 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 a, if, a, if, a, if a, an actual game is jeopardized, one from which the players really, especially the rank and file of the union, don't stand to benefit a great deal, I could see that being a, being a catalyst for a, for an agreement. The uh, I mean, what, what's what's in it for a veteran CFLPA member to actually play in the first preseason game? You might play a quarter, even training camp. They don't get paid for. They don't training get paid. Game. So so, but there's there's I think there's more for the teams to lose once they uh, once the actual games are scheduled mm-hmm. or even scrimmages than there are then that is as, as opposed to the players uh, once you get to the regular season then both sides are in, in, in a situation yeah. where there's some jeopardy well the players need money there's, there's 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 paychecks and there's gates
1: yep and the bottom line yeah and both people both sides need them like yeah. the, the, the riders haven't had a gate since november 5th i think no that one home game Sorry, november 11th november 11th sorry and the players haven't had a check since november 11th so the player, and then, as I said before, the players come up here to live. They got usually two family back home. They got two houses. They got to somehow support this dream of playing football. And right now, they're not supporting themselves. No bonuses. No, they're not going to get these practice and play. they sign and play things that I see uh, when they're showing up to camp. So the players are going to cave because they need money. It's so such I've said this before and I know I'm not saying I agree with not paying offseason bonuses but it's a great strategical move by the CFL and starving them out is what they're trying to do and I well, think that's- you
0: know people say the pay- players need paychecks so that they're gonna they might cave I one of the things that I wonder is be a lot of the players are making not great money right so in one on one hand you could say well they really need to get this paycheck because um, they haven't been paid for well. Conversely, it's because it's not amazing money. Couldn't they get a job doing something else that but would pay got, them comparably? But then you got to leave.
1: You know, you got to say, okay, thank you for this nice job. And then I got to leave in May and I'm going to be back in November. That's kind of the, they had to get a real job. Like some of the Canadian guys have done like Chris Getzlaff back in the day. Mike McCullough. I know they would race out of there after practice. You know, Chris Best. Chris Best would race out of there after practice to get to their, their real jobs. Not Their real jobs of the... But it's pretty hard to say to an employee, yeah, employee, I want to do this. I want to be say a substitute t- or a teacher, but I got to leave in May and I won't be back till November. So that's kind of the reality of of think getting real jobs. I'm not saying that's that's why a lot of them are personal trainers or mortgage people or things that allow them to work their own hours to do their own thing that they can maybe juggle things around. So it's I've just imagined that. The players are presenting a unified front, and that's great, because I, I don't think there was as much a unified front in 14. They always
0: I, say there is. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see how unified they are come come mid, yeah. mid to late May.
1: So, again, I kind of think, and it all comes down to money. So what do you think the figure is going to be if, to get money? Through? Is it going to be the 70000 to pay first-year players? I think the CFL can actually get up double with AAIF or what else? I hope dead? they
0: really <clears throat> increase the, the uh, minimum salary. I'm not optimistic that they will because generally it's it's, it's uh, the younger players don't benefit in, 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 in labor negotiations mm-hmm. it's usually the the people who are at the, at the top of the hierarchy union wise have been around for a while and they're going to look after their own but I, I think the the minimum salary should go up to at least 60 yeah 60 65 um, if you don't if you increase the cap but you don't increase the minimum salary, you know what's going to happen they'll just give the extra money oh. to the quarterback. So, but I think they got they got to take care of of of, of the of the
1: fifty five grand a year salary. isn't bad for a first year university student coming out of university. That's not a bad salary living, but they're that's Canadian kids, Americans. I think you find you change it comes down to forty thousand U.S. and it's a whole other different world. But
0: but I look think, at what you're asking them to do. Oh, I know. Even, a lot of people, most people coming out of university, aren't beginning a job where they're going to absorb blows to the head immediately. And so, they have to do so much on their own. They're the, have to the train rigors them. of the job.
1: Then they have to train on their own. They have to eat on their own. They have to do all these things.
0: And you're putting and, your your post university your 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 vocation, yeah. whatever that may be, on hold as long as you're playing professional li- football. And for
1: likely three years, that's the, the figure three is thrown around now all the time. It's just a three year career, which seems short. I don't know the guys seem to be around longer than that. But well, on
0: average, <clears> that's <throat> that's what it were. Three or four years is what it works out to. So, well, I, I the, the obvious if this league can afford to pay. Quarterback seven hundred thousand dollars. <throat> they can yes. afford to pay the forty fourth player on the roster more than fifty four thousand dollars. Because I don't think there in, has to be a bit of a, some elasticity there.
1: Because I think the other issue is: is it worth walking out over having better player security, better player uh, health plan? Better if you
0: player. ask Jonathan Hefney,
1: it is worth it. Yes, I know that.
0: Uh, you know, after but how much
1: support will you get from the public when you say we're walking out because we want to make sure we have health coverage? When I blow out my knee on the September of the season. And the season ends, and next September I have my third surgery, and was still not covered. Do you think they're going to support the fans? Are going to support? That? I
0: think that I think that this is a much easier players' union to support when it comes to the constituency of the fans than it would be, say, NHL, NFL, oh, yeah. ma- Major League <clears throat> Baseball. You look at them, and I remember the NHL, one of the first NHL labor disputes, and one of the players was was drive was arriving at a bargaining session in a Corvette. Yeah, I mean that's a really good look, and the owners are billionaires, the players are millionaires, but the players never really engender a lot of sympathy and they aren't sympathetic figures in those situations. Whereas mm-hmm. the Canadian football league, you're going to look at a lot of situations where the fan is making as much money if not more than the, the player who's either on strike or being locked out. Yeah, so They're really... And you can get to know the players in the CFL. It's a lot tougher with with, with professional sports at a higher tier. So I think there's a... Greater likelihood that the fans, the fan base, by and large, would be sympathetic toward the players. No, they They've can. been taken advantage of for too long.
1: Yeah, but I don't know how and you. They've get allowed
0: that. themselves to be taken. Oh yeah, advantage
1: they have been. We, we, you've said many times it's a weak union. It has been a weak union. It looks a little more stronger now. It looks a little more uh, organized, un- unified. I, I guess. think Brian and,
0: Ramsey's done a really good yeah, job. Yeah, he's
1: really done that. Kind of like, so I think you know it's Jeff kinda, keeping. Jeff keeping they have good people there and, and Solomon the Alaviant. That Mike Riley and Bo Levi and these guys are stepping up to saying we're not going to show up to camp is really important because if they said we're going to show up to camp, then it's nothing.
0: Yeah, or yeah. You, you know, as soon as you start getting those cracks, it's over. Look at the '87 NFL strike, and suddenly Joe Montana decides he's going to play again. Well, that's mm-hmm. the end of the strike. Yeah, you know. Uh, so uh, hopefully, this isn't a protracted issue. If if indeed there is any disruption, I think the first week of training camp could be interesting.
1: Well, I remember but- in '14. Every day was a labor story. Yeah. So, and sometimes, and I don't mean sometimes you grind through training camp because it really—you may write the greatest story ever in training camp, but no one will remember it two days later because it could be the greatest feature on this guy, but it's not there.
0: Okay, we're not going to send you then. Yeah, That's okay. all we're getting.
1: But yeah, but then, I've, <laughs> but I remembered. It, you got to it, make it memorable. I did make it memorable. Sorry, I can't, I can't remember joke. the best story I had last year. Anyway, in fourteen, every day there was a labor story. And it was good news, like not good news, but it was hard news labor stories that were no more than just fluff. And I really, it was a lot of, I'd say it was fun. It was made, the training camp, yeah, I don't know what to write to I think I'll go talk to Brendan Labatt and get his thoughts on what's happening on the labor front. And there's always something going on. So It made for an interesting training camp, and it'll be another interesting training
0: camp. And then camp. the deal got signed, and I think the oh. Riders were the only team that didn't vote I for it. And that the, was a stink bomb.
1: Oh, Rick Foley, Ricky Foley, Darian Durant. And I remember... I know one thing, and I can tell you, it's when they sign the new agreement, it'll be at the most inconvenient time for me as possible. Because I hate to say it, Jamie and I, Joel uh, Gass, and I were all sitting at Bon Tom's having a lovely Louisiana style dinner, and the tweet came down. They've, they've A good tweet and announcement came down. They've reached an agreement. So off we went, half finished dinners because we had to start writing our stories on the agreement coming down. Well, I mean,
0: that's how you keep the weight off, just have, those, have all these those. half meals.
1: I was going to, i want to throw something, I, just to get Uh-oh. a little. You've been CF-
0: wanting to throw something at me for a long time. Yes.
1: So the CFL draft's coming up, which I know is another event, almost as big as the CBA. And I know the Riders have a sixth overall pick, I think, in my mind. I'm going to sort out there, why don't they take one of those Canadian quarterbacks, why don't they take Michael O'Connor instead of going for these offensive linemen that they kind of, you know, look to the futures or they look at the something like that. But here's a guy, O'Connor, who plays for UBC 6'5", 235, looked great in the Vanier Cup. He's American-trained. He understands the Canadian game. If whatever happens, happens, why not take a guy like him and build, here we go, we're going to take a good Canadian quarterback who has everything, all the aspects you want. I don't know how... You need it.
0: the Brandon Bridge rule to be enacted yeah, because but then even, there's a real incentive. But
1: even then, wouldn't it be more exciting to get a quarterback and watch him develop from a young guy then another some offensive lineman who's down with the Jets or like Dakota Shepley who came back. Wouldn't it be more exciting and more interesting? Because this, I think, there's other quarterbacks. So this O'Connor kid looks like the real deal. He may go in the NFL, but because he's because he has his NFL training or his college training at Penn State and stuff. So
0: yeah, ask ask the U of R Rams how good Michael O'Connor is.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he can. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he can. He, He's but done you it think, to them. I know I kind of, this is, this is stuff that comes or the in your Or the second league.
0: round, it depends how long, yeah. I don't, I'm not sure how long he's going to last. You never know yeah. with a, with a quarterback, it's always a bit of a wild card. But, um, if you look at the riders, and I, I'm writing about it in my next award winning column, <laughs> the quarterbacking fill, situation. Thank you for and, filling
1: today's paper. Thank you. And, uh, <laughs> tomorrow's paper. <laughs>
0: um, if you are a Ryder fan, can you really feel that comfortable with the ranks of the quarterbacking right now? No, Zach Caleros is back, um, and a lot of the fears that people had last year about him being injury prone were realized when he when he played. They were ten and four, but I don't think they were ten and four on the strength of the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, Cody Fajardo mm, um, beat him
1: once, so beat him when it mattered. Yeah, yeah, yeah sort of, kind one
0: of one yard quarterback sneak. <laughs> <Yes>. um, the <laughs> memorable. Uh, the uh, Isaac Harker from Isaac. the Colorado School of Mines, which
1: is an interesting school. There, I didn't even know they had a football team, but I know this guy up here, Chad, Forske? Chad Fred Freehoff. Freehoff, he was yeah. up here. Sorry,
0: he was a quarterback way back when.
1: Schoolhouse, and
0: and uh, uh, David Watford is back. So the,
1: that's really called mining this system to get. What I'm sorry, <laughs> don't. <Nope. laughs>
0: I have a cold. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. So, if you're looking at that quarterbacking and David Watford equation, like. Why not draft a draft a Canadian kid? But I want I, I'll be interested to see what one of the things I'm watching. I'll be interested in as far as the CFC CBA negotiations is. Does the Brandon Bridge rule get enacted? If suddenly, if there's a if there's an incentive, a ratio related incentive for a team to play a Canadian quarterback, then it gets interesting. Unless. They end up only get, having to start five Canadians, and then it probably doesn't matter because yeah. it's just going to be a bunch of three hundred pounders. So sort of like offensive. this podcast.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a so. whole bunch of offensive linemen. That's what's going to be if they go to the five. Okay. Uh,
0: I got a column on on uh, on sort of using Isaac Carker uh, <laughs> of the Ore Diggers of the Colorado School of Mines <laughs> as, as a as a um, the impetus for the column and it, the Riders throughout their history uh, since they've been the Saskatchewan Roughriders. They've never developed a quarterback. They've never taken a quarterback right out of college who's gone f- directly from college to the Rough Riders without any stops anywhere else, which is what Isaac Harker would be doing. They've never developed that person into a star. Some have become good quarterbacks after they've left Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. But if Ch- if Isaac Harker, suppose were to come into Saskatchewan while in him at training camp, while in the preseason, have a great regular season, he would instantly be the best probably the number one success story that the Rough Riders have ever had getting a quarterback directly from college the best one I could find is Kevin Glenn who joined the Rough Riders Mm -hmm. in 2001 out of eastern Illinois and he spent his first three years with the Rough Riders but didn't become a premier quarterback until he left Saskatchewan but he's 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 the best quarterback that they've ever recruited directly out of college after that it falls off a cliff number two is Rick Casada.
1: I saw that name. who in 1968
0: who? was was nine for 41.
1: Really, you yeah. could do you could do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, uh, <laughs> nine for 41, and uh, mm. but he didn't get intercepted. Who so. was
1: Rocky Butler? Wasn't he a college? Rocky
0: kid? Butler from Hofstra, uh, yeah. arguably he should have been higher on the list. Um, Homer Jordan. Homer Jordan. Uh, you covered. He, Tony, was, he was an afterthought, but Todd Reesing is mentioned. Graham Harrell is mentioned. Tony Rice. Tony Rice I was remember, two for five for 40 yards I remember
1: Daryl took the weekend off. Daryl was the lead writer, beat writer back then. Somebody took a weekend off, and I got to cover the Tony Rice circus. And it Because he brought him in to recruit him a little bit too. I remember that thinking, oh, we're so excited. A Heisman Trophy winner and all this stuff. And boy, he wasn't much good. He was His inst- senior year instantly at Notre delayed Day. Rice. His senior
0: year at Notre Dame, he rushed for 950 yards or thereabouts. He completed two touchdown passes as a senior at Notre Dame and was intercepted nine times. Why on earth? How on earth did they ever think Tony Rice was going to be anything? I don't know, except a running back.
1: Yeah, but there was, I still remember the hype around him. It was just—it went nuts. Graham Harrell. Graham Harrell comes in here, and he—they bought him and allowed him to go away because he's on the ESPYS for the award for being having the most outstanding college year. He did something with the Texas Tech Raiders. Nice kid. Yeah. Ended up being a backup with the Green Bay Packers for a million years, I think. I, I
0: remember during the during the uh, Tony Rice situation, <laughs> uh, Greg Drennan, our sports editor of the day, said to, to Les Donison, who was on our sports staff at the time, said, try and get a hold of Lou Holtz, So, um, who was then the head coach of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So Les picked up the phone, called Notre Dame Athletics, and yeah. Lou Holtz was on the phone. That was a nice coup. Yeah. Greg Harder talked to Gretzky. Uh, 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 I think in 2012 that was a pretty great coup for our sports department well, when
1: I talked to Bobby Orr
0: you talk to Bobby Orr I uh, um, I talked to Henry Burris
1: <laughs> there's another name that comes up to me because I remember I was on the desk for quite a few years and Dave Steyrman and Bob Hughes was the editor and he could not spell Dave Steyrman's name for the life of him He Spell it. You'd read this comment and have it spelled four different ways and never the right way. And I'm not saying I make my share of mistakes, but I still remember on the desk we're going, come on, Bob, at least look it up once in a while. He had IE and, and, and Dave Steyrman was no more deserving of all those columns that Bob wrote than he was.
0: And he was he was a hot shot in eighty six. He's also mentioned as a postscript oh, in the okay. column. I remember tough. the preseason game in eighty six, they brought in Dave Steierman, and he threw this pass toward the left sideline, and I swear You could have put a hang time meter on it. That thing was just a was a was an arc. So So anyway, I'm writing about quarterbacks for the four thousand. That's probably. I mean, I kind
1: of thought you would have. I know we kind of delved in. We saw John Football come and go when I was away, and I kind of because he's no longer Johnny Football. He's John Football, and it's kind of sad to see him go. I kind of was cheering for bit. I know I had a a big interview with him when I was in Hamilton. He was very cooperative. Very told his story many many times, and I was very impressed with him. And I thought he was sincere. And I hoped I wanted him to do well, but
0: it would have been great for the league. It would been good. It would have been good for football,
1: but good for him. He said he couldn't adapt to the twelfth man, and he got ripped by that. The kind of people turned, yeah, it, turned people turned that around. But he was. That's what
0: happens. That's what happened to Vince Ferragamo in 1981, and that's what yeah. happened to Johnny Man John Manziel last year.
1: Yeah, he just couldn't handle that twelfth man, and he couldn't handle the field. And it was—I never once thought he was ripping the CFL when I was reading all that stuff. I just what, thought when he, was, he
0: was, being, talk, when it was. When he was talking about the twelfth man, was he talking about the attendance at some of the? <laughs> a- 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 F- a- F- well, that. What do you think's going to
1: happen with the? Speaking of Johnny Manziel, John Manziel and the Owl. What's going to happen with the Owls? Like, I read a good point today. The CFL's got to have a Montreal franchise. It's as important to this league as Toronto is. I think if you don't have a Montreal franchise, I don't know where you go for. It. That sure kills the expansion to the well, Maritimes, but.
0: This uh, 1987, the Montreal Alouettes folded on the yep. eve of the regular season, and uh, the league had eight teams for a long time. Yeah, so I guess it can it so. can be done. It's not it's not as much of a linchpin as Toronto is, but, but it's important. If uh, Quebec's
1: uh, football and all the things that go on in Quebec, you can't ignore that football par- football mad province. And no, you know.
0: they could get by without without Montreal. They pretty much have in the last few years anyway. Yeah, God, they're <laughs> so, so bad. They have been such a non factor And Toronto but, too. But, but to have a to have a, a team in peril. I don't think it's re- at that at that stage, but again, you don't really know because there's not a lot of information being disseminated unless you go to herbs or Twitter since we've account.
1: We've had it. wild just we've had a team in peril too like this. Like to be well, was, of course, according to Twitter, who knows what's happening in behind the scenes, but we've kind of been well, Toronto's always Thank
0: goodness for ben- benevolent owners.
1: Yeah. The what knows?
0: This this league could have teams in peril very quickly of if owners decided they had to make money on the investments, mm-hmm. if Bob Young decided tomorrow, this is got to be a moneymaker, there's a, there's a crisis in Hamilton. Yep. You know, um, or if you look Even at the, David, the
1: sooner or later, David Brady's going to leave the BC you look lines. at the Argo
0: situation, <clears throat> uh, if, yep. if, if the ownership group decided they had to make an, uh, make a profit on the Argos, there's problems. Yeah. But, uh, this league is. This league has had some amazing owners, and even mm-hmm. some of the some of the goofy ones who have <laughs> come Goomer in. Brothers. At least they've preserved these teams. Yeah. They've t- they've lost millions of dollars in the process, but at least at least they've preserved these teams. If 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 it was strictly a matter of this team, this investment has to be profitable, or I'm not going to do it. We might. It might be the. Uh, Western Interprovincial Football Union again because yeah. a lot of these teams would have And
1: I think it, there's reasons to be excited about Toronto this year. I think they got a good coach in Corey Chamberlain, and I think Jim Pop's in his position where he needs to be GM supplying players. I think Corey will have a better relationship with players and Mark Tresman I don't, I don't, I can't say why I just say. Unless sank. they fumble. Unless they fumble, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that's the running back, wasn't it? Yeah. What's running back? Any What's running that? back. Any running
0: Hugh back. Charles, fumble, Ch- goodbye. Char- Anthony Allen, Anthony fumble, Al- benched.
1: But, yeah, that's. That was pretty – yeah, he was – that's funny. I just always have a soft spot for Corey because I went 2013. About this time, I was down in Bradenton, Florida for a week watching football and enjoying it, and then it didn't happen again. But Corey, I was very – I still remember that when he invited me in. I wasn't allowed to report. I was just allowed to have it on background to listen to his speech to the team, and that's when he stressed things like family and all these kinds of stuff. It was a very inspirational speech. And it was eye opening for me to see what the coach did. And I appreciate that opportunity. And then he lost his mind in 14 to 15. And then yeah, we all know if, how that if, story ends. Corey Chamberlain <laughs> can, be,
0: can be a tremendous coach. He's got a great cup ring. He's one of four great cup winning coaches in Riders history. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Don Matthews didn't win a great cup as a head coach. But Corey will fit. I think Cal Murphy didn't win a great cup as a head coach here. Corey but will but Corey do stuff. Did.
1: Corey will go out into the community and do things in Toronto, I think. He's, he, he understands his role as a, is to coach, but he also understands you got to go out there and sell stuff. And I think. That could be good for Toronto because, boy, you'd like to see them do something. Another 4-14 four and season is not going to be good for the CFL.
0: I put a call out on Twitter for some oh. questions. Let's see if we get any. Uh Ann asks, oh, have not heard much from our new coach. An update on what he is up to be, would be nice. <laughs> it's, I, I, there, I haven't heard an interview with Craig Dickinson since the day he was hired.
1: Uh, there was one on, on, on Calgary Radio. Okay. you did it with Mark Stevens, and it was a long time. You're right. That's a very good point. I can tell him what he's up to. They're they're putting together the the rosters. They're putting together training camp schedules. They're putting together all these things.
0: They're busy. Question from Brett Butler, formerly Uh of the Atlanta Braves. Um, Riders, backup quarterback situation. Will the offense be any different under Craig Dickinson? John Ryan signing looming. Who are the free agents to keep an eye on leading into training camp? Thank you, Brett. Riders, quarterback situation. We've discussed it. Will the offense be any different under Craig Dickinson? He's talked about some tweaking or whatever. It's actually, that like that the do. offense
1: isn't going to be under Craig Dickinson. It'll be Steve McAdoo, and I wonder if, if he's going well, to...
0: Will Dickinson have a... Yeah, have a
1: he's going to have a say, obviously. I think he can't, but I think it's, maybe he's going to take the, the some of the handcuffs off of McAdoo's offense and give it to the second and 10 hitches, and maybe we can get... Maybe, maybe, as I've said this before, and it's hard to believe, when Zach did his press conference after signing, he looked like a different man. He looked like a guy who was just a weight had been off his shoulders. He looked like... Kind of this Zach Claris I had heard about. Not like this, Zach Claris wasn't a lot of fun to deal with last year. And, he, and I think, I don't know if he did it on purpose or if was just he was unhappy. But he just maybe the injuries, maybe everything. But he looked different this year. And I know it's, it's going to be a big change coming in. Yeah. I mean,
0: but, it's easy to win a press conference. Can you win a game?
1: They got to, and they've they've got to get a backup quarterback. And I know Cody Fajero, as I said, has beat the Riders in that East semifinal or East final.
0: Well, he came in as a short yardage quarterback.
1: <laughs> And John Ryan, well, nothing's happening. And that's as, can, of as of yesterday. Yesterday being
0: Monday when, G- when yeah. Murray checked. And, and on I that. kind of
1: wanted, and I know this is uh, people are really getting excited about John Ryan, and I think it's really be cool to be here. I kind of wanted, to see fit into a Craig Dickinson special teams unit? And I know. Because Josh Bartell has averaged about 40 yards, I think. 40,
0: yeah, just uh, just but under he, 41.
1: But he boots the spots. He, he he wants shorter kicks. He wants more of a controlled stuff.
0: But that's what John Ryan did exceptionally in uh, Seattle.
1: Yeah. so can... uh,
0: I mean, John could have boomed the ball for 49, 50 yards a punt if that had been the but they game plan good... in Seattle. But the directional punting was right. John Ryan's forte okay, in, in Seattle. And that's one of the reasons he was able to stay there for 10 years. Well, he
1: was so good. But do the riders need to go after John Ryan when you have Josh Bartel, you know and I think John's a pretty smart guy. He knows his incumbent in here that can handle both, can handle the job. But it'd be nice to be fun. It'd be a great way of him. To it's go it's
0: out. not I an mean, area of absolute need, but you know, um, if you look at the Rough Riders, they were they were near the bottom in gross yards, and, and they were near the bottom in yet net yards. But so whatever they were doing really wasn't working that well yeah it, whether it's philosophical or whether it's 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 josh Bartel or do a bit they need of
1: another kicker controversy we already got Capena and they
0: if john ryan comes here that's the end of the kicking Contra- derby. You know, i wonder um as as much of a feel-good story as it would be for john ryan to come home at age 37 and uh, and play um if you're the BC Lions and you've lost Ty Long, why aren't you all over John? Ryan? I wonder Ryan? if
1: that's the unnamed team you know, that's in this. Uh, hole.
0: There's teams with a much greater need. Even you look at you look at Toronto, and uh, I think he could upgrade the grade the punting there. And he went to uh, he went to to a, a mini camp with the Argonauts. Uh, Josh Bartel will do fine if Josh Bartel is back, um, but. You know, even you
1: know you talk about how quiet even the signings are really uneventful like harker and then this db they signed the other day i'm going
0: it's virtually nothing no it's, it's kind just of so quiet and one of the one of the you know one of the questions that brett asked was any who are the free agents to keep an eye on leading into training camp it oh, really is oh
1: easily william powell is going to be a big one i think that's but, good if you're going to have it if you're going to have a quarterback that's off ginger william powell is going to be a lot of pressure on him to do stuff Micah Johnson, I'm so looking forward to seeing him in that defensive line.
0: But by free agents, is he looking at? Is he asking about CFL free agents no, or asked, just newcomers? Rider,
1: newcomers, riders, free agents—they've signed. You know,
0: is there a is there a you know kid out of college or a, a new signing that that really is really wowed people? There's been some talk about Isaac Harker because of his 39 touchdown passes yeah. with the Colorado University of Mines last season. I'm thinking season, about the free.
1: I'm, I'm leaning towards the free agents they signed. Like I said, Powell, like Micah Johnson, and.
0: Manny Arsenal will bear watching. Yeah, but maybe how, sometime how in late, late October.
1: Maybe, maybe if that's when the season starts, if there's a big labor thing, we get Manny Arsenal back, which is he'd be fine. It'd be a good idea to watch. I think Corey Watson's almost as old as me.
0: Like, so. what what have they done to improve the passing game during the off season? And I granted, there's time remaining before before. Yeah. Um, before camp who knows how much time given a the ladies. Next
1: week's going to be busy. I you know, know, have a sense. Where's
0: where's the receiver you look at and say, oh, this this guy's going to well, be good. Where's where's a, where's where's a you know make me where's him? somebody beneath Zach kalaros that gives you some confidence that if he falters Neiman, or Roosevelt. is injured, you know, But they had Navin Roosevelt last year. Yeah. They lost Jordan Williams Lambert. They've signed Manny arsenal who is questionable to start the season. Where's the sign that the passing game is going to improve? What have they done to improve the passing game? Name one thing that they've done to improve the passing game. Hmm. I can't either.
1: That's a good one. William Powell damage. You know, William Powell. Philosophically,
0: maybe they can. Maybe they can improve it philosophically, but they've pretty much yeah. got the same receiving core, that's and uh, they've got the same offensive coordinator, and they don't have a. Say what you will about Brandon Bridge, but that's a, that would be a better backup quarterback than. He would yeah. be a better backup quarterback than what they have now. So
1: let's say next week they announce Kevin Glenn signing. Is that a step forward or is it just a lateral move, just to appease, to keep things? Is it is it a big step forward for them to sign Kevin Glenn it's a, if it's, it happens?
0: It, if you've got Zach Colaros as a starting quarterback and you have championship aspirations, I think you have to have somebody who can come in at a moment's notice. Yeah. And uh, you you don't want to cross your fingers cross your fingers and think can Cody Fajardo do it? So if you've got Zach Colaros, I think it's almost imperative that you have a veteran behind him yeah. if you're not in let's let's develop a quarterback mode and i don't think they are
1: i don't think no i don't think they are either other than my suggestion of it's, it's zach of better
0: be healthy and he better be tremendous but or, even, he can't or even john health. ryan or josh bartell better be able to punt for 70 yards and, and, kick.
1: and the, the unfortunate part is that can't control staying healthy because he gets hit he gets hit he's, he's had concussion history unfortunately it's going to happen again it's obvious. It's a
0: lot. It's a big ask for any quarterback. Yeah. 18, 18 game regular schedule, schedule,
1: yeah, schedule, schedule. The defense can be good. I think we can. Can we say the defense can be good? No, no.
0: Um, I don't think you have the same assurance there. But without Chris Jones, that's yeah, a Chris Jones defense. They're going to miss. Jason
1: Chris. Shivers is a Chris Jones disciple, but he's never
0: been a he's never been a coordinator before. Certainly later, Chris yeah, Jones was know, never an
1: offensive coordinator One defense. You've got to.
0: Chris Jones was a better defensive coordinator. Than he, they're going to miss him more as a defensive coordinator yeah. than they will as a head coach. He was an average head coach. He was a really good defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. So can you just say because he's a Chris Jones disciple that he can be Chris Jones? Is it is it... The, well, Chris mentioned that he... Are you minimizing Chris Jones' ability no, no. as a defensive coordinator if you're saying you that he take can be so chance. easily responsible? you easily a chance replaced? on some
1: guy sooner or later. And I think Shivers is a guy that maybe is going to step up there. I kind of think... Sam
0: McGuavin is gone. Yeah. And uh, yes, they've added they've added Micah Johnson, but Willie Jefferson is gone. Willie Jefferson is a big one. They've signed A.C. Leonard, but he was so overwhelming with Ottawa that he was a uh, healthy scratch in the playoffs last year. <laughs> I know. After being named an All-Star. That's so,
1: still a weird one. I'm going to have to find out about that when i Secondary will be
0: good. I, I just... I wanna see what that defense is like without Chris Jones. Yeah. I'm really intrigued by by wh- what kind of factor he was. And and maybe Jason Shivers having worked under Chris Jones can at least approximate what yeah. they what they had. But that to me that's that's as big a question mark as anything, is can they replace Chris Jones a defensive coordinator?
1: Well, we're gonna find out. And are continuing meandering through I don't know if you can ask stories. Tomorrow the Hall of Fame announcement comes out, the class of two thousand and nineteen. John Ryan wouldn't be eligible for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's, NFL. it's
0: ridiculous that they know. The accomplished Canadians are ignored yeah. if they happen to play in the National Football
1: League. And you know, like Reuben Mays, like why isn't Reuben Mays in the Canadian exactly. Football Hall? Like Reuben Mays is be, he, I know he was the first, one of the first.
0: Even, I think Israel Adage. yeah you know, have had amazing career south uh, of the border, and, but. A bit dis- Playing football at the highest level disqualifies them from being yeah. inducted. So, and How it's, ridiculous is and that? And I,
1: I know you have to have rules on you know who can get in and who stays out, and I understand that's part of the the game. But someone on that committee has got to stick. a like this Guys, we're, we're we're excluding too many good players. That, and John Ryan getting well, not saying he's going to Hall of Fame right now, but when he does, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Ruben May should be on here. Even yeah, you know, guys or, like are, Jerome Payton. I mean, they, Payton, they've yep.
0: they've been productive players in the National Football League. Yeah. Yet you can you can. They'll induct a Canadian college player who even didn't even do anything in the CFL. Oh, yet somebody who accomplishes something in the NFL. but well, you have to that, that's
1: not fair. You have to recognize college contributions too, because it's Canadian football. And I like how they do that. Like, yeah, I like that. But like, I like think they have like to Gord, go to the
0: other extreme as well.
1: A guy like Gord Curry gets in there because yeah, really junior football and what he's done, which is really good. But he yeah. gets in the Hall of Fame, which is really cool. And I think they you have to acknowledge the the amateurs and the you know, kind of like some of the people that get in there but
0: but I think you've got to, if you're going to do that I think you also have to look at the other end of the spectrum. Oh yeah, for sure. John Ryan is the class. If, if if the Canadian, if there is isn't room for for John Ryan the Canadian Football Hall <laughs> of Fame eventually.
1: Yeah. You'd like to see that. Maybe
0: that's like maybe the John Ryan scenario is the catalyst for change. And yeah. this is a guy who even while playing in the United States has has paid attention to grassroots football. Look at the things he's done for Regina yeah. minor football. Look at the kicking camps that he's held. My godson went to his kicking camp. <laughs> way back when and at the end of the kicking camp there was about two or three kids who didn't have rides home. So John Ryan, after conducting the kicking camp, gave the gave all the kids a ride home. How cool yeah. is that? Yeah. That's John Ryan. Um he's gotta be in the he should be in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame eventually.
1: Should be. Yeah. I guess can you put it into two seasons with the Bombers? No, that's not
0: good. Well enough, the right? one the second season that he was there he averaged fifty point six yards yeah. per punt, which is still a league record. Sorry so. I didn't mean to interrupt your um, and Another that's question. it for questions so I guess oh. that's it for the podcast
1: I think we've run out of, I don't know, I think we have any left to talk we got the C- oh, NFL oh, draft you, you, the NFL draft is finally here and I know and everyone else has had lives I haven't had much of a life I'm so tired of watching mock drafts mock draft after mock draft for the NFL draft just pick the damn guys and get ahead and then there's a CFL draft and then uh, we'll move on
0: well I mean I know you're hoping that the first pick is a guy named Murray <laughs> <laughs> that'd so. be true um, it's good to be back. Nice to have you back, Mer. If
1: anybody's out there thinking about having their hip replaced and wondering if you're going to put it off, don't put it off. It's a far better life with the new hip than it was with the old rotten thing.
0: I just get emails suggesting that I be replaced. All I think all you're of Why not take all well, of me? Yeah. Can't you see? You're still a
1: pretty hip dude, though. I think we could get you going on that one. Sorry. <laughs> hip jokes.
0: I need the uh, ending, I guess.
1: <laughs> I guess, so, yeah.
0: <laughs> the, the hip... <laughs> the, the tooth, the tube on hips is, hip jokes has been squeezed dry. Um, Never. I have to read this, and I always mess it up somehow, so I'll give it a shot. Sure. Please rate us on iTunes and leave a review. It helps us grow the podcast. If you'd like to send us a question, you can email Rob at, at com, and we'll read it on the show. No questions last week, but there's always Twitter. So, yep. Mur, it's wonderful to see you again. And, and uh, I go on
1: holidays, stay after tomorrow, so. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, but a good, good reason. <laughs> yes,
1: my daughter's getting married, if I can say that. My little baby is going mean, to be two, tiny two,
0: two of them are, two of the three are getting here. married this yes. year. Yes.
1: Two down, so. one to go. November, she's a November bride. So.
0: And my so. 20th anniversary is on May 15th. Is it? Yes.
1: Good, my 62nd birthday is May 1st, so I need that day off.
0: Is it, is it, did I give you the day off?
1: No, I have the drafts the next day, I don't think so.
0: Well, just do your advance early <laughs> and take the day off. Yeah. Nobody needs to know this. Why am I boring the audience? Murray, <laughs> it's a pleasure to, to be with you again. Yeah. Uh, my name's Rob, and uh, we're going to do this again uh, next week, if you'll have us, uh, our special guest next week. We anticipate will be Derek Taylor. So, Murray, thank you. Do you and need we'll, me
1: then? he uh, will fill in all the details on everything.
0: Yeah, I hope. Anyway, DT will be with us at some point next week, the new voice of the Rough Riders. From Murray, I'm Rob. Thanks to Mark Melnichuk for producing this once again, we'll talk to you next week. Take care.